Check. Good. What's going on, y'all? It's Flower Child here, and you're listening to Annoyed TV. Just listening to Wreck My Life by Flower Child, one of the two songs selected by my guest today. First off, I want to apologize for the delay in episodes. For those that don't know, Annoy TV has relocated, but we're still going to keep the roots in Columbus, so don't worry about that. But to kick things off in a new location, we secured an interview with one of the hottest producers in the game currently. Flower Child, producer and beat maker hailing from Atlanta, Georgia, is on the rise. His music is the essence of a nice warm summer day at a function, hanging out with family, hanging out with friends. As a classically trained musician, he leverages his ability to piece music together to build worlds in a way that so many people overlook because they don't understand the technical aspect of music like he does. We chop it up about everything from his early days coming into the music scene, how he utilizes that technical aspect that I'm speaking about, and just his general outlook on life and everything that's brought him to this point. I think this is the longest intro that I've done in a long, long time. So I'm gonna leave it here and I'll see you guys on the other side. So today I'm joined by one of the most interesting people in the world. This man welcomed me into his home. It's it's a vibe. His crib feels just like his music, the the sights, the hospitality. He offered me some tea. We're we're sitting here drinking some tea as well. This is my first interview in New York. So I'm I'm very excited to kick it off with with someone who I've recently just become a, a huge fan of. But as I always do it, I don't like to intro you. I'll let you intro you. So the first question I always go with is, who are you? I am Flower Child, producer, songwriter, DJ from Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, sir. Nice yes, sir. And and I think people just from hearing your name can get an understanding of the kind of presence that you have when you make music. It's, it's vibey. It's soulful. It's, you know, relaxed. But I think I think so much importance is held in a name that somebody chooses when they choose to release music under a moniker. So just just break down that name for us real quick. So it's actually really straightforward, um, kind of like a full circle moment talking about this. But when I took my first trip up to New York, it was like 2017 and it's very young, ambitious. Mm-hmm. And me and my homies, we were like, all right, let's go to New York instead of Miami yeah. for spring break, which is like kind of not the best idea. Especially in hindsight, it's like it was a blizzard the second mm. day we were here. 
and you that's like mid March type. Yeah, you're looking at everybody IG stories, niggas in the sun and stuff right. like that. On like, the boats and all that. Come yeah. on, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, very ambitious, linked up with a couple people, man. Um, just playing music back and forth. I was like, all right, when I get back to Atlanta, I'm going to make a beat for you, send it to you. And the name of that beat was called Flower Child. Mm. And I don't know why, for like a week straight, it stuck with me. And I spoke to one of my friends at the time. I was like, hey, how you feel about the idea of me changing my name to this? And she was just like, I love it. Like, you know, if you see it, you don't know if it's a man or a woman. And then... Once you find out who I am, you kind of want to like dive into my world a little more just based off the name. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was spelled regular at first. And then I was like, nah, spell this a little different so that, you know, it stands out when people see it. Right. Yeah. Right. So so do you like that anonymity about the music? Like you don't really want to be tied to it specifically. So so you kind of use this name to buffer you and, and the music? Of course. I, I feel like, you know, when I come home. I'm Kev, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So you do need that buffer. But sometimes it gets a little tricky, like when you go outside, right, and people meet you for the first time. Right. And you kind of, like, have to put that hat back on. Like, you got to go back into artist mode because you, like, just getting a cup of coffee and yeah. somebody's like, oh, my God, you're flower child, right? Right, right, right. I'm like, oh, shit, I am. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a crazy moment, though, that, I mean, because as we'll get into it, like, you've been working for years. Yeah. And to finally get that recognition, that has to be surreal in, in some kind of way. Definitely. Especially now, like, this is the first lease I've ever signed. Right. So it's it's surreal. Like, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, these bills are getting paid off music money. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to, to say and to think. Like, even saying it right now, it's wild. Got another homie. You know, we do this full time. And I was like, bro, don't ever forget that. We're privileged to be in this space and definitely this and take care of ourselves off this. Right. Right. And I, I think that's that's one thing that a lot of people who try to venture into music don't understand is that there's only so much room for like Drake or like Kendrick. Like not everybody can get to that level, but to be able to feed yourself and to house yourself off of the music, that's success, you know? That's yeah, success. You got to define that for yourself. Definitely. You know? Let's take it all the way back. I think we, we deserve the origin story about how you got to this point where you're in this position to be eaten off of the, the music that you make. So so just talk to us about your upbringing. Um, you, you mentioned that you're originally from Atlanta. What, what was it like growing up in such a hub of culture and, and specifically music culture? It's such a like heavy answer that I want to give you because it's it has so many different moving parts to it. Right. Like, you hear my sound, right? And you don't necessarily tie that to the South mm-hmm. or Atlanta specifically. Yeah. But I, I would say it started with my dad, man. Um, he's a band director. Been one for over 20 years. And that was kind of like my introduction to loving music on that level or just feeling something that you couldn't really, like, put words too right that makes sense yeah. you just like listen to something the la or jill sky's like damn i'm listening to this every day because of my pops but i love the way this makes me feel it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot different than the stuff you hear on the radio and whatnot that was my introduction and just like from a more just consumer standpoint just listening to albums and whatnot but you know being in a band room around all these different instruments six seven years old just banging on drums right and whatnot just knowing that i love like to hear these different sounds that that these different instruments produce. Fast forward to like eleven, I pick up the trombone, played that through middle school, high school, yeah, college. I still play to this day. Even during that process in middle school, I was like, hmm. This in in Atlanta specifically, 
you know, this is like when Lex Luger was like heavy. Right. Uncle Flocka, Rich Kids, Travis Porter. Like that was that was my middle school, early high school experience. And that kind of piqued my interest with production. Mm-hmm. I got the FL Studio demo and it was really up from there, bro. Like just watching Lex Luger beat tutorials, fully immersing myself within that world. My dad had a keyboard, no quantize on it. You just record each specific instrument loop by loop. And it sounded insane, but what I would do is take my phone and um, record it through whatever app from whatever phone I had at the right, time. Right, right, right. Early iPhone type. Man, yeah. it wasn't even iPhone. It was like a, what? I don't even know what you call it. We're so far removed from phones not being like, it wasn't a smartphone. Right, okay. I will say that. It okay. definitely wasn't a smartphone. <laughs> got you, got you. And I was just play these beats back to my dad. What do you think about this? I'm like 11 or 12. He's like, all right, it sounds cool. 18 years old, get the full version of FL for my birthday. And I, I just kept going. I knew at around 11 or 12, I was like, I want to do this right. as a career. I, you know, obviously didn't know how I was going to get there. You, you evolve and you figure that out over time. But so I have the, you know, the technical background mm-hmm. mixed with just the cultural yeah. uh, side of it from Atlanta as well. Right. So, so let's talk about the, the technical background, because I feel like a lot of people, they have a good voice, you know, so mm-hmm. they can just use their voice or they can, they can put words together, which, which obviously helps them if they're trying to rap. But the, the technical aspect is one that's overlooked a lot. Do you feel like that's an advantage for you in, in your specific lane? One thousand percent. I will never take for granted the ability to read music. Mm-hmm. It's super important, especially right. for what I want to do now, like outside of just production and releasing on a commercial level. I want to do things like score and arrange and, and mm-hmm. compose. For that's that's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. Saying? Just knowing like what key something is in or telling somebody like in a rehearsal. All right. We're here, but the bridge starts on G minor and then it goes up to this. And mm-hmm. then we like, we're going to go two, five, one into this chord. Mm-hmm. And then like, this is how we'll transition to the next song. Right. Being able to communicate that to musicians, bro, it makes for much more efficient rehearsals, much more efficient sessions. And don't get me wrong. I know a bunch of incredible musicians that can play by ear, but you also have musicians that play by ear, but don't have the the knowledge to put to things Mm -hmm. and they might not be as skilled as the people who can just really pick it up right that like god-given gift the technical part is super important i'm grateful that like you know my dad put me through private lessons with different uh people who studied at crazy art schools and whatnot and were able to kind of pass pass down that that knowledge to me and you know over time that discipline eventually got to got me work to where I am now. Right. And I, I think the other thing that it allows you to do and, and people that have that technical background is world build through music. Yeah. I mean, because just, just through that short explanation, you're able to break down all these different things and that people that don't make music and that don't know the technical aspects of it here all is one thing, but there's individual pieces that you need to put together. So like yeah. just having that skill, I think is, is, is incredible and just allows you to, envelop people like the way that you do so so you said around 11 and 12 is when you knew that uh, you wanted to take this thing seriously but I remember I was looking at something when I was doing some research for this interview and it and it mentioned you as a trombonist Mm -hmm. what about the trombone was like so alluring to you that you wanted to stick with it all this time it really wasn't even my choice man it's so it's so weird how it happened man I was in fifth grade and they're basically they basically come to like chorus class with all these instruments. And when you're 11, 12, it's like, oh, I want to be on the drums. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody wants to right. do. 
you don't care about brass instruments yeah. or woodwind instruments, maybe the saxophone, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. They have these folks come in and play the instruments, right? But they just have each kid test a mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you don't like that. put mm-hmm. the mouthpiece to the instrument. Yep. You just buzz or whatever yep. on the mouthpiece. They're like, mm, okay, you might be good for this. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't choose it. So, so, so talk to us about your relationship with it now. Like, I mean, obviously, you said that you still play. So, yeah, yeah, I haven't played in a while. Like, my my horn is actually uh, back home in Atlanta, and um. I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, I speak about the technical part of it, but when you pair your instrument with the educational component, it's it can make it really tough, and it can take, like, your love mm-hmm. and your joy from that instrument. Right. Um, and I grew up playing a bunch of classical stuff, so it wasn't until college where I joined the uh, jazz ensemble, like, big band, mm-hmm. and trombone actually became fun for me right i would practice you know what i'm saying i would practice for other stuff as well but when you're in an academic setting it's it's not the most it's not the most fun nah nah i mean because it because i was i was in band and uh like orchestra a couple of other things when i was younger and it felt like homework almost you know to have to practice right there was no there was no real like love yeah you do it kind of at the highest level to a certain degree like I don't know that drive to to be like the best in the best percentile in the state. Like, cause I did all state band mm-hmm. in high school. You know, that's like the the best players in the state, right? And whatnot. But once I got to college, like my interests they just changed, and I was like, all right. I mean, I gotta practice for this jury, but I really want to make beats. I really want to like do things outside of this academic setting, and you know. I, I once I graduated college, I kind of put the horn down. I was like, all right, I can finally take a break from this because I've yeah. completed what I feel like I needed to complete. Um, but honestly, man, I, I've I've been falling more back in love with the idea of picking up my instrument and you know getting back into mm-hmm. uh, an an adult ensemble like a community ensemble right. just for the fun of it. Definitely, it's a choice for me now mm-hmm. versus like, all right got to do this you got to take these private lessons so you can get to this level xyz now i'm like those concerts not that i took it for granted but again it wasn't a choice of mine now looking back on it i have an appreciation for it and now i'm looking at tickets to go see new york philharmonic for sure yeah because i i want to do it right my own personal like enjoyment that's the thing for me too is like i mentioned i played in the band and, and orchestra when i was younger and my mom put me through like a bunch of different things i think i, I played the piano guitar uh trumpet cello those were those were the four and i don't know how to play any of them now which which is i think i try not to have too many regrets regrets in my life but that's one of them that I didn't stick with at least one because there's an there's a appreciation for it now, like yeah. you said. And I would also say, man, like as an adult, you you start to gain an understanding of why your parents did what they did. For like, sure. You know, I'm very big into, you know, bringing back the arts into schools because they're like taking away those programs mm-hmm. at a pretty alarming rate and pouring into sports. And right. Like sports is cool, but like music or any type of artistic medium really shapes and forms your brain in a in a way to where you think about things differently like you just have a different type of discipline and i feel like you're just more creative overall definitely and it it trickles into like your performance and other uh at least for me it trickled into how i performed in like other classes that weren't Mm -hmm. music related 
know? Yeah, it's it's just the well the the well rounded student. You know, I mean, because yeah. you can you can play you can still hoop and play For sure. the trumpet. Like yeah. it, it's not it's not exclusive. Obviously, it's just the the culture that we live in now. I mean. I think I saw a video of like a third grader got a highlight tape for basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's absurd, bro. You know, it so really is. It's, it's like it's that kind of thing. I think that's pulling people away from. I don't want to say what really matters, but just mm-hmm. diversifying and being a, a dynamic youth. You yeah. know, yeah, definitely. One more piece on on your childhood before before we kind of move the story along. I love asking this question just because it, it, it invokes thought and brings back feelings and emotions that people might not have felt in a while. But in your opinion, what's the most significant memory that you have that informs what you do now as a career and maybe the way that you think about the world and go about things? I feel like there's two. The first one was at 15. The second one was at like 18, like my first year of college. The first one at 15 is kind of like, it's a funny story, but at the time I was really mad. I was trying out for the basketball team in high school, and uh, I thought I was nice. Other people thought <laughs> I was nice. I guess I wasn't that nice because I got cut and didn't make the team. Like, the next morning, there were the other guys were like, why weren't you at practice? I'm like, bro, I uh, did not make the team. <laughs> right. But immediately after the coach called me into his office, he was like, you're going to be on my varsity team next year. Just keep working. After I left, I went and got my first laptop. And installed FL Studio. I was like, nah, bro. This yeah, is cooked. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> you know, basketball was basketball. I played for fun, but it was never, you know, like to be super competitive at it. I was like, I'd rather do this. This makes more sense for me. I'm mm-hmm. musically inclined. So getting cut from the basketball team at 15. And then at 18, man, me and the homies, we were getting some food. And uh, this guy, I think he was, he was an author. He was just like, just came up to us and just was like dropping gems. Mm. And I'm forever grateful. And this is not this is not objective. Like this is for sure subjective. But it was objective and still is objective for me and my career and my right. thought process. But he was just like, "Yo, if you have a plan B, you're not serious about your plan A." Mm. And it's super surface level. But like, if you really want to go for something and you got all these other like things in place, just as a backup plan. You probably probably aren't putting if you have the ability to and right. you are and you have the means and you're in the position to do so to really go after your plan A. That's really who the board because I know everybody got different life stuff going on. But yeah, if you have the ability to really go after it, then do that. Don't set up any boundaries for yourself that may not need to be there. Right. First off, this this, this was just like a random dude that you guys just got to chopping it up with. Oh, random as hell. I think it's those moments and like things like that that really motivate and propel people in 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 your field of work and in other areas to like really go after that because he may not have known what he was saying but obviously you were receptive to that i never forgot that that this conversation was had in 2015 right you know how many conversations i've had since 2015 that people were like they thought they may have been dropping gems or whatever but you never know the impact you might have on somebody and you know again i i don't know where he is in life. I hope he's doing well, but shout out to him. For shout out that guy. Giving me and the homies that wisdom. So you mentioned that around 11 and 12, you were like, all right, this is this is something that I want to go after the music thing. But when in this timeline did you really start to be like, okay, this is what I'm doing? Like, 
this is like a clear thing that I can really go after and, and, and capture this goal? Probably midway through college. Like the deeper you get into it, the more you realize like, oh, I can really do this, but you need a community around you who mm-hmm. also pours into you and believes in. They might not believe in it as much as you do, but as long as you have that support, like, yeah, that's super important. If you have that, I feel like it's easier to kind of go after uh, what you want to go after. And for me, that was like midway through college. Like, that's when me and my manager met in like 2016. So we've been locked in, man, for like seven years. Right. He saw potential in me that I didn't really see in myself at the time. I knew I was like, you know, you think you the shit at that time. Right. Looking back on it, I'm like, man, I was trash. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, him and other people, they saw that I had a vision and they had a vision for me and they wanted to support into me. And I'm forever grateful to them for that. So so in that in that time in school when when you're starting to take it seriously, really, really practice and hone your craft what what was the sound like? Because now you don't, at least I don't think, lay down any vocals on, on your work. How are you kind of trying to feel things out and, and start to move down this path that, that we see you uh, today? It was mostly beats, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Or what I like to call production. I hate just using the word beats because right. I feel like it kind of like minimizes whatever you're working on. Right, right. It's a beat. It's, it is what it is. But yeah, that and when when you're... In that process, you start coming up with different melodies, and then sometimes that goes down the rabbit hole where you start writing the whole song, and then you present this idea to somebody. They're like, oh, I really like this. They go in and record it, and that's when I was like, okay, I think I got something here. Like, as far as, you know, my contributions to something, like, all right, I've completed half the work. Normally, I like for someone else to come in and, you know, write and lay down vocals. Uh, So I was like, all right, that's... That's kind of like the go-to, but more recently it's like, or I guess over the last four years, I'm adding other instrumentation into things mm-hmm. and just arranging what I want other people to play or just they get their own interpretation based on like what they hear from what I've created, like the foundation, like the drums, of course, the chords, the keys and whatnot, and even a melody sometimes, and they just elaborate on it. Well, was there ever a desire to be the the voice of, of things or never? never? Why, why is that? Just growing up, my whole thing was we see the artist in front, but I want to check out this track list. Who produced this? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's that's like my favorite thing about about music. Like, all right, you see the, the, the artist, they always steal the show, but the producer is the most important person. They have the most important role. So how did they contribute and who contributed? And I kind of wanted to mirror my career like that. Yeah, and I, I think that in, in the current time, as of this recording, that kind of style has become more popular. I mean, you look at like the Channel Trace and K Trinata, like those two are running the game right now, you know? So why do you think people are more receptive to just the production side of things now? And maybe they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily always looking for vocals, but they just want to feel what what these producers are, are putting together. That's a good question. I can't really call it. I feel like it's more on the part of producers taking hold of like their own destiny and saying mm. like, all right, instead of sending like beat packs out to a million people, I'm going to just do it myself and be the face of this. Right. That's how you have people like Katra, you know, obviously he features vocalists, but what is it? Light spots. That's an instrumental. But it's a vibe. Right. You know what I'm saying? 
but I feel like leveraging having vocalists on your 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 work to put yourself in a position to where you can say, all right, I'm just gonna drop this instrumental, mm-hmm. and you put visuals together with it, like you you make this whole package, and you give it to people. It's something new and different for them. They're like, all right, well, this is like not the traditional way of doing things. Usually, right. the producers again. And the track list, you got to go find them. But essentially, they're artists. Yeah. They are artists. It's honestly, it feels like it feels like all these producers. I mean, you you look at like Metro Boomin now too. Like he's he's dropped a couple albums. It's like they're tired of everybody else getting the credit, and like yeah. it's, it's like oh nah, we're we're the ones really making this stuff happen. So, yeah. and I think that that's the other thing too is this is like the the brainiac side of music. Mm-hmm. You know the the production because not a lot of people speak that language, but yeah. I think there is for some people you know who who are really into it and they want to understand everything. Like there's space to to hear that, and even though for me, especially I'll speak for myself, but like. I may not understand everything that you're saying, mm-hmm. but I love to hear the thought that's going behind it. Yeah. So I think I think it's time to to kind of steer things into the actual music and what you create. So in your opinion, how would you describe the music that you make? Give us some imagery, some feelings that you try to infuse into the sounds that you put together. I'm going to take you back to this last November 2022. My first time driving through Topanga Canyons and Malibu Canyons. Mm. Bro completely different world um i'm embarrassed to say this but i've never left the country so that was like the closest (laughs) thing to me feeling like i left america and it was so refreshing i was like this this is what my music feels like right you know what i'm saying you when you're home in atlanta like obviously it's beautiful like it's it's very green but when you go to that part of the west coast specifically i was like all right i feel like I painted this mm. within my music at some point. You know what I'm saying? But to see it in person, it's like, oh, okay. Like, I get it. That's that's the picture I would paint for more down-tempo, brighter brighter stuff. But I guess more up-tempo, more the funky records. The way I would paint that image would be a night out with the homies. Mm-hmm. Just dancing, like having fun. Dancing, type. out of function, and enjoying the company of other fellow black people. Because you know Atlanta is just black as hell. And then, of course, like, the women there are also gorgeous. I feel like that's that's the basis for my music as well. So, like, you got the, the nature part of it, but you also have, like, uh, the human element of it as well, where you where you see people congregate and just enjoy one another's company. Yes, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. In my mind, you... In the best way possible, you make cookout music. Th- this is what I see when I, when I hear some of your songs. It's like, you just park the car out in front... You hear it faintly, but you come around the back, you swing open the gate. Yeah. Uncle's on the st- on the stove cooking yeah. the burgers. The music starts to turn up a little bit. Everybody's just chilling, hanging out, drinking, that kind of thing, bro. At least with the last tape. At least with yeah, the last yeah, tape. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, I feel like it's definitely like my most upbeat mm-hmm. body of work. That was the goal. Taking it back to Atlanta, bro. We, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but like, that is just such a competitive environment. It feels like from the outside, just because there is so many people from Atlanta coming out and trying to make it. Just talk to us about those early days, trying to establish yourself in a place like that. That is, I don't want to say cutthroat, but that just there, there's so many people trying to jostle for position and, and get noticed there. I will say, man, that timing is everything and also where you are is is everything as well and the reason i say where you are is everything is because you take a city like atlanta right 
is a lot of rappers. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are extremely talented. So you do have to fight for position. But I will say you don't really see much of a competitive thing in the city. We we kind of build build everyone up. You know what I'm saying? Because there's there's once you realize there's room for everybody to eat. Right. There's no need for all of like the competitive stuff. Like oh, I'm better than you, or like I'm I'm I want to be in this position like above this person. And I feel like you can compare the rap scene in Atlanta to like the pop world and R&B world in LA. Mm-hmm. And the reason I said what I said about like timing and where you are is because I'm from Atlanta, but I make R&B music or alternative R&B music right. in a city full of people who are rapping or mainly do hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a ton of people doing R&B there. I feel like I would be having the same experience in LA if I was there during like my formative years trying to come up and like kind of break through, you know what I'm saying? Cause you have so many people making music that's parallel to your sound. Right. It might not be the same thing, but it's still in line with, you know, what someone else is doing. And Atlanta is easier to break through with that. Cause it's like, you kind of pioneering something right. like your own sound and you're not like you, you're drawing from the hip hop influence Maybe not directly sonically, but the energy of the city, mm-hmm. and so it gives your music a completely different feeling. It's like, damn, I've never felt or heard this before. This is just different, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you never felt that pressure really of like, oh, I need, I need to be doing this because this person over here is like doing more than me in some kind of way. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, early on, you kind of like go through that competitive spirit but once you realize this is like damn it's really just only me and my homies like right. that are doing this it's it's our community like that's extremely small we're just building each other up mm-hmm. so there's that whole competitive thing is i wouldn't say it's non-existent um because i haven't met everyone there might be someone competing with me right but i don't realize it but i'm not competing with anyone yeah else, you know what I'm Th- saying? that's got to be a refreshing feeling bro because i feel like a lot of a lot of people in the rap world specifically, let's just talk about that because that's like the, the big one. Yeah. If you look at it, if you break it down, like rap's a sport to a degree. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure to, you know, succeed and the numbers and whatever you want to say. But it has to be like not as much pressure just because y'all y'all are really doing your own thing. You don't you're not following any kind of lead or anything. Right. Nah. We just like existing, bro, and 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 sharing our experiences in life through the music. Cause mm-hmm. we like, like my homies. I want to get into that, man. Like we're like brothers. We're family. Yeah. Like we know each other's moms. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and we came up together since like the first week of college or first semester right. of college. So this is like nearing ten years of friendship slash brotherhood. Mm-hmm. So like, there's actual real community. But the thing is, the the beautiful thing I love about Atlanta, it's like that in the hip hop scene too. I'm noticing that with. Uh, some of the guys and, and ladies who are like a few years younger than me who, mm-hmm. who came into Georgia State because that's like a hub for like creativity and right. musicians and whatnot. Um, who came in like a few years after us, after we graduated and left, and they're building their own thing as well. But you know, they don't really have that competitive spirit. They do shows together all the time. Yeah, and I think that's amazing, bro. Talk to me about the formation of this group that that um has has pushed you and propelled you forward to to this point when you meet genuine people you keep them around for sure and that's that's kind of how it it, it started man yeah i'll leave the names for later i'll I'll name drop everybody say that say that say that all right bro now back back into the the actual process of of the music i mean i i feel like this is 
especially since you don't typically lay down vocals mm-hmm. and it's all sonics. Walk us through that process, bro. Like, where are you pulling inspiration from? How do you how do you take it from a thought in your head to this sonic world that we hear on on your tapes and and on your tracks? It's crazy you say that because I like when I've completed a track, I'm like, wow, it started off as an idea. Yeah, literally, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm gonna let you an keep idea. going. Yeah, and now we hear like to this the formation of this beautiful thing. I I love it, bro. More recently, I've been having, like, realizations, and I would say life, man, and just experiences trickle into those ideas and that and that imagination, you know what I'm saying? I think that's probably the biggest thing, life and imagination, and then it goes back into the music and the creation of that. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I, mean I, I just, I am so impressed every time, because I think it's easy to get wrapped up in the song because it's it's a good song. I like the way it makes me feel. But then if I really sit and break it down, it's like this dude had to think of all of this in order for it to come into my ears as one full product. And that just that impresses me. It's it's like I'm not I'm not thinking, bro, when I'm creating. Right. It's just happening. Has has this always been like a natural thing for you? Or did you have to build to be this person that it just kind of flows through you? It's always been that way. Once I open up that laptop and it's an idea I really love, I'm sitting with it for an entire day, two days, a week, mm-hmm. two weeks sometimes. You don't ever try to force things and nah. you kind of just let it, you, you just let Especially it. Especially not now, bro. It's right. like, I've gotten to a point where, I, I I say this humbly like, but I'm to a point now where I'm like, all right, I know I'm nice. Mm-hmm. This idea that I don't love or I'm not in love with, and I don't like to send stuff to people that I'm not in love with, but... Sometimes you might be in the process of creating and someone else is there. They're like, oh, I love this. Right. But you're like, eh, I don't know. Most of the time I'm like, I want to do something better. But if you love it and you feel like you could do something better with it, cool, by all means. First project that you were proud of that after you looked at it, you knew that you had something on your hands and you're like, yep, we're, we're, we're on go mode now. You know, as much as I want to say my first EP or my like most recent body of work, my album, I would say this is track... I did with uh, my homie Sebastian Michaels. The first single from my album is called Lucky Me. When I made that, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, nah. Mm-hmm. I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> it was That's that the one, bro. Like, That's the cookout music, bro. That's bro, the cookout music. Yeah, you play that at the function, bro. Like that, It's crazy. Like you, you go through these different evolutions as a producer and as a creator. And it, producers know exactly what I'm talking about. Like when you hear a beat and you're like, damn, I wish I made that beat. Like... Lucky me was that beat for me. I'm like, oh, I made this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm him for real. Right. And, that's, and I was just in that mode, man. And it just it spiraled and it allowed me to create love and chaos. But it was definitely Lucky Me that was like the one track that I feel like catapulted me into another level of production where I feel like I just kind of like let go. And mm-hmm. just like, all right, we're just going to let it happen. Right. So, so where are you at now, bro? I mean, you said earlier that you wanted to get into it and talk about, you know, the headspace that you're working in now. Where where are you after this this amazing project that I've been spending for the last, like, bro, week and you. a half? I'm focused on living, man, because there's a lot of time, patience, effort, money that goes into the creation of, a, of an LP or album. And uh, you look back on it, it's like, wow, this was like two and a half, three years in the making like two years of actual creating but a year year and a half of going through different experiences and relationships that allow you to create that you know what i'm saying 
and that's where I'm now, man. I'm like, all right, just talking to a mentor of mine, um, very near and dear friend, James Tillman. He just tells me, he's like, bro, you just released an album, mm. like your debut album. It's like, relax. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I was kind of in like tunnel vision during that process. And, you know, I'm grateful to have that ability because it's, it's necessary to be able to like kick things into high gear. Mm. But now I'm dialing it back and realizing like, okay, I don't really have anything to talk about right now. Or like, I guess for me, express like creatively, I'm just chilling. Right. You know what I'm, I'm trying to get my crib right. Yeah. Like my, like my Zen together. Yeah. And you know, you asked me how, like how much time I spend in there. It was difficult for me to answer that initially. Cause I'm like going off, like what's been happening recently, I'm like, I haven't really been in there mm. that much. I've been like downstairs and here in my room. I've been kind of like taking a break from that. Right. Room. You know, I'll go practice and stuff, but actually creating for a specific body of work. I've been taking a step back. Like, obviously I'm working on things, working on a couple of joint EPs, but you know, something like a solo body of work, I'm chilling, man. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, how I want to express this next iteration of Flower Child, mm-hmm. and that might not be through music. Now we're gonna wind it down officially. This is this is the portion of the conversation where I always like to give you your flowers, not just because you're Flower Child, but also mm-hmm. because you are doing amazing things, bro. So I appreciate you giving me the time to talk with you to understand the work, and uh, I can't wait to see what you do next, my man. Bro, thank you. Appreciate you coming through. I felt comfortable the entire time. I was really excited to do this. I haven't spoken in a while. It's first interview I did since the album, bro. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel special. I feel special, you bro. Should, man. I yeah. 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 What's next? What what can we expect from you next? I know the album just came out, mm-hmm. but you, you already gotta be planning. I know you're kinda taking a back seat, but there's gotta be some something in the works. It's a lot that I, I definitely want to preview. Uh, obviously, you got more music coming out. Uh, I, I think I've made this public, but me and Sebastian Michael are working on a joint EP. Yeah, yeah, need um, that, need that. Yeah. Also, me and homie Gremlin from Atlanta, my best friend, we're working on an EP. Hopefully that comes out maybe sometime next year, but want to put out some more music from that um, before the end of the year. Working on some really dope things for a really dope iteration of a project that just came out. All right, all right. You can probably guess yep, what, that, yep. what that means. And yeah, man, I, I think what I've been most occupied with is just this extension of, you know, uh, myself and, and sharing that with the world through, obviously, my brand. Um, and it's not... It, it always comes back to the music. That's the foundation, but... You know, this next merch collection, I'll just go ahead and say it. it's it won't feel like merch. This is the next step of my artistry where mm. it's not just solely focused on music. You right. know what I'm saying? Where I'm trying to take things to a different place so you get an you get a different experience that is not just like I said, solely focused on music. You yeah. see it when you see it. lots of exciting stuff in, in the in the works, it seems it seems we're always trying to grow the audience. We're trying to tap into as many avenues of creativity as we can, of artistry as we can. So in your opinion, who would make a good guest on the podcast? And this is an important one because, you know, I'm still trying to get going here. So I need I yeah. need to know who's making waves in the area. I'll give you a list of names right now. Obviously, I'm a... 
I could do New York, but I'm going straight back to the source. I'm going back to Atlanta, man. Got I to, would, yeah. I'm just going to name drop all my homies, man, that you should definitely talk to. Um, Gremlin, uh, Thrice Groove, um, incredible DJ and producer out of Atlanta. Um, Gremlin, he's an incredible singer-songwriter. I think it would be good to get a music engineer on here. Bro. Right, yeah. With their perspective. My yeah. homie, um, Benadryl, who mixed my entire album. Okay. But, you know, he mixes and records all types of genres. I think that would be a really good conversation. Bet. Who else in New York? The homie Nathan Bahar. He stays down the street. He's an incredible musician, vocalist. Also a photographer, incredible photographer. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the thing I love about New York, bro. When you meet people, they're just not doing one thing. Mm -hmm. like, they're doing multiple things, but really, really well. Right. And that's incredible. Give me one second, man. I'm just, I just want to go through. Well, let, let's do this. Let's do this. Because we, we can talk about who, who would make a good guest, but I think it's the, it's the best segue. That's why I put them okay, right next sure, to each other. Sure, sure. It's the shout out track, bro. Oh, I, I I don't have to say anything here. This list can be as long or as short as you need it to be. I'm going to turn my mic off and you just go. Shout outs. Go ahead. Shout outs, bro. Gremlin, Evan, AJ, uh, Ben, Smooth, my manager, Grant, incredible. Thrice, James Tillman, uh, Sebastian Michael. Who else, bro? So many people in my community. Alex Hazel, my best friend. I think I named everybody. Dorian, Kiana, uh, my homie Corey Jordan, who designed that incredible poster over there. My roommate, Jordan Taylor, who's an incredible graphic designer as well. I think that's everybody, bro. If you got left off, sorry. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Mako, <laughs> my course. roommate as well, for the shout connection. Out my dog, Mako. Yep, yep, the goat, the goat. So sweet. All right, bro. Last question I got for you. I don't want you to think on it too hard, but, but I'm interested to hear what it is. Outside of just the production, you you do DJ sets, mm -hmm. correct? At functions, you you get you get people moving, get people having a good time. Best and worst set that you've had, <laughs> and and we need the story behind behind both. All right, so here's the thing: I pretty much go into every gig as prepared as possible as I'd like to be. Um, so I never like bomb. You know what I'm saying? Or I it, I bomb to me. But other people can't hear it. Right. Because I'm very hard on myself because I'm like, you know, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Yeah, so as they say. The as piece. they say. So I would say the worst, man, was my album release party, which is probably nothing to, like, really get upset about. But, again, I like to put, like, I have a certain standard for myself with how I perform. And there were just some very uncharacteristic things that I was doing. Um, I, I don't know, bro. Yeah. I was also, like, under the influence. So that, <laughs> that didn't help. But when you're as prepared as you need to be, it's easier to get through when you're under the influence. Right. It's, you know, it's like clockwork. But yeah, that wasn't too bad. I think my best set though, man, honestly was, it may have been this most recent set that I did at Kind Regards, bro. Yep, yep, heard about that. I was really prepared for it. I, I think the the thing that had me really prepared for it was that, that I was excited to do it. Mm -hmm. Shout out to um, Brandon out of office, an incredible DJ. I actually, actually went to an event with Mako and he he was DJing. So, Word. so and it is, they still have that connection. Yep. Yeah, he's has no body alumni. Yep. Shout out to my man. All right, bro. You got anything else you need to say? Nah, man. If you got a no, I'm playing. I was gonna say if you got a plan B, you know, serious about your plan A. But hey, man, dream it, believe it, pursue it. Yes, let's do it. All right, bro. I'm about to cut it right there. Burning the 
And there you have it, the official Flower Child interview. Big shout out to Flower Child for coming on the podcast and being the first guest in the new location. Couldn't be more grateful for his time and his energy. You can go ahead and stream his latest album, Love and Chaos, on all streaming platforms. I'm telling you, it is the sound of the summer. It's starting to get warmer. People are going to start throwing parties, having functions. Put that flower child on and you will not regret it. You can also follow him on Instagram at flowerchild. That's F-L-W-R-C-H-Y-L-D. In terms of Annoyed TV, you can follow us at annoyed.tv on Instagram or visit annoyedtv.com for our updated blog posts and episodes. We're going out with Found Our Way by Flower Child, the second song that he gave for us. As always, I'm your host, Jason Megacy, and you're listening to Annoyed TV.